Hello and welcome to a League Cup final celebration edition of the Celtic View podcast. My name is Mark Henderson and I'm joined by Celtic View editor Paul Cuddy. Hello, Mark. And fellow reporter Martin Diel. Hi, Mark. Yes, it was a milestone moment on Sunday as Celtic secured their 100th major honour and Brendan Rodgers secured his first trophy as manager of the club with the dominant 3-0 triumph over Aberdeen at Hamden. To start us off this week, we're going to hear from two of the Hoops heroes, uh, Hoops heroes at Hamden, Captain Scott Brown, who was again outstanding in, in the middle of the park in the 3-0 win over the Dons, and Man of the Match, James Forrest, who scored the crucial second goal at the National Stadium with a fine run and finish. I caught up with both players in the mix zone at Hamden, and here is what they had to say about lifting the first silverware of the season, starting with the Celtic skipper. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a great honour to be captain of this club, and it's a great honour to be playing with these top quality players and to have a co- top quality manager and backroom staff as well. Uh, must be special as well to celebrate first trophies this group. You know, was that a great team spirit amongst you? All you could see that at the end. Yeah, definitely, we're all together, and I think that that's that's the main thing. We, we enjoy when you celebrate when you win trophies like that. We've seen us celebrate all together, and we're all nice and close. And the, the way we, we played. For 90 minutes was fantastic. We dominated the game, and but it was a professional, professional performance today. Talk through the game. I mean, we started very well, Boston possession, and then to go two 0 up at half time at Hamden is always a great position to be in. So I must have been delighted at half time the way things were going. Yeah, you know, us coming to Hamden, it's always hard. Yeah. But uh, we've got over that through do. So uh, winning trophies here and enjoying it. And I, I think for for us, we've got players like James Forrest, Tom Roderick that are scoring goals from midfield, attacking midfielders, and uh, they look like two great players this season and uh, they're just going to get better and better and, uh, James Forrest I worked with him today he was outstanding oh, James has been outstanding all this season he's a, he's a new man and the, the way you play with James and you know as soon as you give it to him that he's not going to lose it he's got a great chance of taking somebody on and he's creating chances and he's scoring goals and that, that's why James is playing with Scotland now and he's playing week in week out with Celtic and uh, the manager's first trophy in charge of the club just shows that there's been so much progress so much uh, optimism since the start of the season yeah there's been a lot of progress but we can still get better I think uh, the start of the second half uh, there was a wee bit of panic stations we had to win a lot of battles and uh, we know what Aberdeen were wanting to do ping the ball along and try and bully us physically but we, we stood up against that and we've uh, got the ball down we've tried to play when we possibly can and we, we created a few more chances and Stu Armstrong we've got a wee goal there at the end as well and uh, it shows the character as well the team that when you stood up to Aberdeen as well in that second half you showed everything today football ability and resolve yeah we know it won't get bullied by anybody and we believe in our own ability so it's, it's two great opponents to have and the way we go we know if it's a battle we'll win that battle we know if it's a game of football we'll win that and personally you must be delighted as well great display of games in the midfield you're enjoying really enjoying your football just now yeah I'm playing football with a smile on my face and it's first time in probably 15 years that I've played with a smile on my face <laughs> uh, but no it's been fantastic my, it doesn't matter about my own performance it's about winning trophies and getting this club back on the map and the gaffer's done that uh, hopefully the first of three trophies this uh, season. It would be lovely. Uh, we need to maintain our league form and then see how we go in the Scottish Cup. What's that rank in your career? It's got to be one of your best performances. Uh, I know it's uh, class and uh, buzzing to go over the line like all the boys 
Yeah, it's been for day one. I think it's been that's what we've been looking forward to to get trophies and boys putting a great performance for start to finish. Uh, and you know, you were obviously coming in the team from the, the Barcelona match, but uh, you seem to be on a mission today. Uh, just talk us through your, your performance. No, I think uh, as I said, we started off strong. You just looked about and uh, right for the start, but we, we looked strong. We had chances and. Uh, no, we scored some good goals today and we could have scored more, but I, I thought it was a strong performance from the team throughout. And they talk us through your goal then, gave a really important time in the match just before half-time and nice running finish from you. Yeah, no, I was uh, delighted to score in the final and uh, I know, just absolutely delighted and as I said, first trophy in the bag, so hopefully we can uh, we can kick on and win more. And you're making a habit of scoring a hand in as well, is a couple you've got now? Ah, I've got a couple now, like hadn't... I played a few times here, not scored. So that's when you get a couple now. So as I said, playing with Celtic, you want to play in finals and win cups, and I delighted to have done that. And uh, obviously coming off the back of the Barcelona game, a huge effort in that match, but mm-hmm. uh, the players responded. Uh, didn't look like you were fatigued at all today, played with great energy throughout. No, it just shows you fitness levels for the boys, tremendous, like putting an unbelievable shift against Barcelona and we're unlucky during the week, so it just shows you three, three days later, four days later, we're playing the cup final and the boys went again for, for 90 minutes and we've done, uh, done excellent. And uh, what was the message from the manager at half time? 2-0 up, um, obviously the next goal was crucial, we got it and mm-hmm. I killed all the boys. No, I just keep doing what we're doing, like, don't back off, like, I think they came out and rallied up for 10-15 for minutes, but as I said, we kept going, we could I had a few more at the end and I was just buzzing with the, with the win and the performance and everything about it. And uh, you must be delighted with things that are going for you Celtic at the moment, great form and winning mm-hmm. trophies and part of a successful team. That's, that's what you play with Celtic for, like uh, finals, trophies, yeah, so I'm uh, no, absolutely delighted with that. And, uh, you know, particularly after the start of the season, you know, when you sign the new contract as well, you... Uh, must make everything feel slotted into place for you. No, that's to play with a top club. Like to get the contract out the way early doors in uh, pre-season was, I was terrific. Like so, just didn't need to think about that anymore. And uh, as I said, all the boys are putting tremendous efforts and stay one pre-season. But it's only we're not even halfway through the season. We need, we need to keep going. And uh, you know you've played a lot of good Celtic teams. Where does this one rank? No, I think uh, I know we're, we're all really been putting in hard work. Like, we're playing games every three, four days, so it's a it's a strong group and it's a strong squad. So as I said, we just hopefully we can look on this this can kickstart something. It tells about the togetherness in the team. You know, you talked about the team spirit there. It's obviously really strong. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, a lot of boys have played with each other for a while, and the new boys have come in, fitted in really well, and I think that's important. And I we just need to keep uh, keep keep going. So first trophy of the season, hopefully the, the start of maybe three. Nah, but, but uh, nobody's mentioned that at all. Like the, yeah. the first goal was Champions League. We managed to do that. Obviously the second goal, this was the first cup to get this, and we've done that. So we need to just take this into uh, the league, and then uh, obviously the next cup starts as well. So we just need to keep going. Finally for the gaffer, nice for him to get his first trophy. Celtic manager, he's obviously had a really great impact so far at the club. Yeah, no, he's been excellent for for all the boys. You can say that, and obviously for me as well. So uh, I know it's excellent for him and. We just need to keep going. Two of Celtic's great performers at Hamden on Sunday, but you could have picked from all 11 players who started the game, and of course the subs who came on as well also made an important contribution. Paul, two fantastic performances again from James Forrest and Scott Brown, and obviously you can tell their delight uh, when they were speaking there. Absolutely. I think those two players maybe epitomise just what Brendan Rodgers has done to this team. You know, Scott Brown is playing as well for Celtic, I think, as we've seen him. I think he's been outstanding, not only domestically, but even in the European games. James Forrest is like a player reborn. I mean, he was just fantastic. It was as good, I think it was as good a performance as I've seen him playing for Celtic. Aberdeen couldn't handle him from start to finish. And, you know, 
as you say, it was difficult. I think Mark Burchill said in, in the commentary on Celtic TV, it was it was a difficult decision to try and pick a man in the match because there were so many good performers for Celtic. And those two, I think, were right up there. James Forrest got it. Obviously, he scored the goal, won the, the penalty. But I think from the very first minute, we were just in absolute control. It was I thought it was a really impressive performance. Well, why don't we start off talking a bit more about James Forrest because he did get man of the match. He did get that second goal in the game. And I, I did say to him in that in the interview that I, I felt that was one of his greatest showings in a Celtic shirt. Um, and, you know, he just, the, throughout the whole game, he was such a threat with his pace. He was direct. Um, he was always looking to commit defenders. And, um, you know, from watching him, you know, coming through as a, as a young player at Celtic, he really looks now to be hitting you know, fulfilling the potential he's always had. I mean, he's shown it in stages in his Celtic career, but under Brendan Rodgers, he just looks a player, you know, really transformed from last season. He's playing with confidence, belief in his ability, and, you know, having signed that new contract in the summer, it's great. You know, we've got a player of who's come through the Celtic Youth Academy who's going to be here for a, the next few years and, and playing in that sort of form. I think you you touched on one of the key parts here, Mark, was getting that contract sorted in the summer because there was a lot of doubt over uh, James's future. You know, he'd, <clears throat> he hadn't exactly drifted out the picture in the last season, but he wasn't um, the player that everyone wanted him to be. You know, as you say, fast, direct. Uh, perhaps there was a lack of confidence there as well. Um, and Brendan Rodgers certainly seems to have found the, the magic trick with uh, James Forrest to get the best out of him and his performance at the weekend I thought was kind of reminiscent of James Forrest's performances when he broke through at Celtic and you just I'd have these vivid uh, kind of memories of James coming through as like this young talented prospect who's just who had um, you know like raw desire to just attack really just attack with scoring goals from all over the place Um and that kind of drifted apart, maybe as he's kind of growing into his shell as a player. Um, saw that a wee bit with Cal McGregor in his first year at Celtic. You know, he just burst onto the scene uh, in 2014 and it took him a wee while to kind of return to that level. But certainly Brendan Rodgers has found the, the perfect equation to get the, the best out of James Forrest. Well, it's a, it's a common denominator with so many players at Celtic, Martin, that... Brendan Rodgers has, has come in and he has really just infused that belief in so many of them and another one of those players is Tom Rogic who was also an important player for his last season but has really stepped up another level again this season uh, again at the weekend you know, one of another, another terrific performer for the Hoops scoring the first goal with a brilliant finish and then obviously having an assist uh, in both the other goals for Celtic um, he was another player Paul that, that caught the eye yeah I mean he's got I mean I think sometimes he, he takes people by surprise with he's got a big guy, but he's the, the speed of his his feet, his movement, his touch, and I think I think he makes a difference when he's playing in the team because he's just got that creative drive and he opens up defenses, he finds space. What one thing I just thought was really impressive, and you know, again, just maybe going back to to James Forrest and the fact he's improved. I think sometimes you see see defensively when we don't have the ball. I think he works a lot harder this season. I think they they're all working really hard. So when you know. When Aberdeen get the ball, the odd time they did, we were pressing. James Forrest has come back helping his defence. And I think just the whole work ethic that the manager's got in that team is, is really impressive. And it's that whole idea of pressing, pressing high up the park. And it must be, for opposition sides, it must be a nightmare playing against our team because we just never stop moving. Well, I think you can see that in the way Aberdeen set up, Paul. I was quite surprised that they did set up so, so defensively. I mean, 
Uh, Aberdeen, you know, going forward, they've got plenty of firepower up front, great pace out wide. Um, but they played, they played similarly t- to how they've played at Petondre in the last few times. They were very conservative, very compact, trying to hit Celtic in the break, and that doesn't really work at Hampton. Um, and what it did allow is it just allowed us to build momentum in the game. And but I think it does show that teams are now scared of playing Celtic. They know how much firepower Celtic have got up front. So they were. I think Derek McInnes was concerned if he was too expansive in the game that his team would get punished. Although they ultimately did, uh, uh, even so. Yeah, I mean you're, you're right about the the change in mentality. I think for opponents of Celtic from last year because there's, um, I mean there's hardly any changes to the team in personnel that that played at Hamden at the weekend in comparison to last year, last season's team, and um, to see Aberdeen set off us for the first 20 minutes was really surprising. But I think that's I think that's letting Derek McInnes off the hook because we played a game at Rugby Park against a team who people would say are inferior to Aberdeen. They played better tactics against us and, and you only have to watch Celtic to realise you have to press us further up the park. I mean, you spoke to Mikhail Lustig after the game and he couldn't believe that they got the freedom at Hamden. And it's been interesting in the post-match reaction. There's been some ex-players and even McInnes maybe saying some of the players froze on the day. I think he's passing the buck. I think it's his fault. He set up the team at Pataudry too defensively. He set it up. You know, I don't think we'd, they'd have won anyway. But he, I think the way he told his team to play was telling them that you can't beat Celtic. Whereas at least I've seen other teams playing us. They might know they might not beat us, but at least they come and have a go and they try and press us because they know that's the only way. If they give us the ball, whereas I think I think Derek McInnes knows he can't beat us, but he, he signals that to his team. I think Aberdeen's strengths has always been their attack exactly, under yeah. Derek McInnes again which was so surprising um, to just see them they still had their attacking players on the pitch but I just I, I wasn't uh, at the game I remember watching it on TV and just you, the perspective that you had just see Celtic have their entire half to themselves first half of a cup final at uh, Hamden and th- there's a team banked in sitting back as if they're Try to protect a one 0 lead. Then it took that. It did still take a moment of class, I think, from Rogic to score the goal. And when you saw the replays, you could just watch it over and over and over again. It's an incredible finish. I have done that actually. <laughs> uh, I've done it with all the goals, but um, I think you could sense the disappointment amongst Aberdeen fans at the end. You know the fact that they all pretty much left before the final whistle. I think they they felt a sense of been let down by the team being turned up in great numbers. There was a great display, actually, from both sets of fans before the game. Made it a really colourful, vibrant atmosphere at Hamden. But Aberdeen just never seemed to really get going in the game. And I think you have to give Celtic credit as well. We talked about the high-pressing game. But Celtic were just allowed to boss possession early in the match. Uh, and you could see them probing for openings. I think uh, Moussa Dembele had a header early in the game. A great cross from Emilio Azaghiri. And... You just sensed that the first goal was coming from Celtic. You never really sensed Aberdeen had that ambition. Uh, it just seemed they were really wanting to hold out for as long as possible, stay in the game, and then try and, you know, maybe hit Celtic later in the match when they, they hoped Celtic might tire from the Barcelona game. But it's it never never happened, obviously. That's again what makes it so surprising the fact that we did play midweek football against arguably the best side in the world who, you know, they run you ragged when you've not got the ball because you're chasing shadows all night. And then Aberdeen never threatened us, never thought, right, we'll take on uh, Lustig and Nizagiri down the flanks and, you know, uh, try and see if they're tired from Wednesday night football, but didn't do it. I think our fitness is has been really impressive this season. We've seen us playing midweek games, then playing against teams at the weekend, and their players are going down with cramp. 
and and you know likes of Armstrong and, and Scott Brown in the in the heart of that midfield they 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 signal to the rest of the team but they, the two of them they just are everywhere in, in the park and I just think you know what's the work that's getting done at Lennox Town every day is just really paying dividends. Yeah, it definitely shows the the importance of sports science and in the modern game, Paul. Well, obviously there's a, a jam-packed Celtic view as we reflect on the League Cup triumph. Also caught up with plenty of other. Uh, of the hoop stars after the game, including Musa Dembele, Jozo Simeonovic, Mikko Lustig, who we mentioned, and Craig Gordon, who we have to mention, you know, who's kept that remarkable clean sheet record going now on to eight games. As predicted by me in last week's podcast, I'd just like to put that in there. Mark was just going to give you credit there. I was, yes, but uh, you know, didn't you, look like it. No, I, I was ready to say that that was my next line before you interrupted me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well done, uh, Martin, for predicting that. I mean, I think uh, Craig deserves huge credit, and as the whole back four, really, the whole. T- I mean, it is a collective defensive uh, effort to to achieve those types of those types of targets, but. Um, Craig himself, I think you could sense his delight after the game that he kept that going and won the final. He, he, he's a player really at the top of his game at the moment, not just the shot stopping, but also his ability to play out uh, from the back now is just second to none. I think it's good that you've uh, sort of brought up Craig because I, th- I think he does go... Um because we've we're, we're so much attacking flair this season that it goes... Uh, Missed, you know, like underrated almost in certain parts. Um, I think he's a world class goalkeeper. His reactions are incredible. Um, his ability to get around the box as well for, um, you know, a guy who will admit himself he's coming age wise to the end of his career. Um, but he had a f- another fantastic save at the weekend as well. Close range just after we'd taken the lead, I think, and Aberdeen got a corner. And, you know, if they'd made it one one all at that point, it could have been a completely different game. But Craig kept us ahead, gave us that platform. And um, also just for him, for his career, I think the win in the League Cup um, in 2014 was a big thing for him. And there's that lovely picture of him and his uh, two daughters, I think, is on the pitch. And I remember speaking to him after the... Uh, game in Beersheva when we got through to the Champions League and I talked to him about that and I was like now you can go home and tell your kids that you're a Champions League player and he was like oh, you're going to end up making me cry because I know so I know that he loves these massive moments these uh, trophy celebrations and real achievements so well done to him and consider everything that he's been through it's fantastic for him to be lifting trophies with Celtic. Yeah, and I think he just appreciates all these moments the more after his terrible time out through injury. He just There was a point maybe in his life, in his career, that he didn't think he would get the chance to win trophies at Hamden and play a successful side, yep. so it obviously means so that much more much more to him. Um, of course, uh, the main man, Brendan Rodgers, guiding Celtic to his first trophy as Celtic manager, um, and I think he was someone else, as we talked about Craig Gordon there, that you could detect the emotion in his voice, particularly when he came back to Celtic Park and addressed the crowd out here, of what this meant to him. Uh, a real uh, memorable moment in his life as well, Paul. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I think you could just tell uh, how much it meant to him. And, and, you know, I think you know everybody that's seen that footage from outside Celtic Park would really have been touched by it. And it, it was a great quote he, he after the game and, and we've used it on the front cover of the view obviously it's a celebration of, of his first trophy as Celtic manager the first trophy of the season but also it's our 100th major trophy and the quote 
it was a great quote that he said after the game I'm proud to be here as manager of Celtic and to bring a trophy to the people I love the club of support and the players and you just think he, I mean he obviously from day one he's got it he knows what it's what it means what it's all about you know his family are coming over all the time to watch the games as they've done for years and years so it must be a, a great moment for him as a fan as well as a manager and obviously talks about this you know he's trying to build something here so you know the so far, every target they've set, they've met, and and you know, you know I'm sure it'll only whet his appetite and the players' appetite just for more silverware. I think we all know our, ourselves. You know, when you're a Celtic fan, you get the privilege to work for the club, right? Now we're talking from an editorial standpoint, very different from the manager, but you have that sense of pride if we, if you're covering a game and we get a good result, say as Sundays, there is that real sense of pride. So you can only imagine what it would be like to be a Celtic fan who is leading the club, you know, the guy at the helm and getting results. So uh, Yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, it's after the game, you know, the, when he spoke to the, the media, Hamden, the manager, was, you know, you know, just obviously pouring praise onto his players for the way they performed, uh, talking about the achievement in terms of the context of his vision for the club and building for, going forward. But I think when he went back to Celtic Park and saw the fans there and you know just the emotion of being outside the front of the stadium alongside all those greats that, are, that now have their statues outside the front of the, the ground, I think it just got to him there, you know, what it meant. He was a Celtic manager who had won a trophy and for him personally, for his family, it was really, really special for him. But it was also a nice touch. I mean, it, when when he'd won the October Manager of the Month, and he, he, the picture he had was with all his backroom staff, which I thought was nice as well. And then on Sunday as well, all the players had gone onto the platform on the pitch, and the manager was bringing the trophy on, but he wouldn't go on until he brought all the subs and all the backroom staff on. I thought that was just a nice, it was kind of just a wee acknowledgement of, you know, there's a big team here it's not just the 11 guys or just me picking the team but there's all the guys that are surrounding it and I thought that was nice for them just to get that moment in the middle of the park because uh, it just gives that sense of togetherness uh, there's like no one left behind by him it's, there's, a, there's a real sense of unity in the team yeah the collective is something that the manager stresses Scott Brown stressed in his interview as well and someone else that always talks about the importance of the of togetherness and camaraderie and team spirit is Eric Spiachenko another a wonderful performance from him in the heart of the defence at Hamden. And uh, Martin, you caught up with him for this week's uh, main interview. Yeah, yeah, I did, Mark. Yeah, the, the tone of the, the interview might be slightly different from the one of jubilation that you got from Scott Brown and uh, James Forrest that people have heard there, uh, purely because I spoke to Eric after uh, the defeat to uh, Barcelona. But we were looking ahead um, and we talked about a lot of positive things. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was uh, the learning experience that uh, this season's Champions League has been. And uh, listeners will be able to hear that now. What have you learned yourself um, in the Champions League this year? Um. That small things are being punished, right. uh, and it's a classic thing to say. But especially on this level, like if if one mistake is 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 happening, then sometimes it's like a it's like a Levine, if uh, you know the word, like a flood. Sort yeah, of thing, flood yeah, that yeah. happens the second or third, mm -hmm. and that's something that we need to be aware of, to be really really concentrated about every every single duel, every single pass, everything that needs to be done perfectly has to be done perfectly because at this level it's just getting punished um, mm -hmm. but again we also showed that we can be at this level and and if we we 
are at our highest level, then I think we, we have something to do with in this tournament and hopefully next year. The group will not be as tough as this one because I think we were in the toughest group of them all. Um, yes. And we hoped for something, but we knew that it would be have a different, a difficult to to progress. But then again, we, we were still close mm -hmm. otherwise, so that's okay. And as you say, it gives us hope for next year. If we can get through the qualifiers again, then you've got this experience looking ahead to next year's tournament. Yes, for sure. I think also like some of the results gave Scottish football some some valuable points as well in the in the in the point system mm -hmm. uh, in the Champions the coefficient. League the coefficient. So I think that's that's an important step towards next year, and hopefully some of the other Scottish teams will also progress and mm -hmm. and hopefully can have some more teams in in Europe um, f because that's always good for for Scottish football to to represent. Uh, more than just Celtic in, in the Champions League. And in terms of reputation for Scotland as well, the the result against uh, Man City and certainly the performance last night, it did it no harm either, you know, it built nope. that up a wee bit as well. It, it did, uh, and I think we, we've showed, even though that everyone knew that it's still new for us to be in this phase, otherwise some of the players have experienced this lots of times, but a lot of, including myself, is my first experience with Champions League and so far I've learned a lot and, and just hoping to, to have it next year as well. Yeah, interesting stuff from Eric again, Martin. Uh, obviously someone that's just always keen to learn and improve his game and I think that's what came across in the interview. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a, it's, it's always a, a pleasure to kind of talk to Eric because even in a situation like it, it was last week where it just come off the the back of a defeat um he still has a really good perspective and uh, ability to sort of look forward but the main kind of crux of that section there was looking at uh the champions league and his first experience of it which is what it's been this season and already he's learned that the the key thing is you get punished for mistakes or if you're just not at a hundred percent which Again, he acknowledges it's a cliched thing to say, but it's just it's just the way it is at your high European level. Against Barcelona in particular, Celtic rarely uh, put a foot wrong. Um, we played quite well and it was a decent performance overall from a lot of the players. Craig made saves and everything like that. Um, but you just have these moments where you know Neymar and Messi link up and instantly take out four or five players because one person maybe isn't at 100% concentration but it's good that he's highlighting that and he discusses it at length about how he wants to um, continue to improve and he's looking ahead to the Manchester City game as uh, that kind of finish with a flourish really in Europe this season Well yeah, I think the, the manager has spoken about how it will be a valuable education for all the players that have played in the Champions League not so many have, have had experience of that level uh, only really the likes of Scott Brown, Emilio Azagiri, James Forrest, you know, to mention a select few who have really sampled the big stage in European football. So I, I think Eric will benefit from it. All the younger players, you know, Moussa Dembele. And it just augurs well f going forward for, for hopefully getting to the, the group stages again next year that these players will be better, more ready for, for that type of intensity and that fast-paced football. I mean, even the... The Borussia Mönchengladbach game at home, I mean, Celtic, for all Borussia Mönchengladbach, played very well in the game. It really was just a couple of individual errors that cost us goals, and it just shows the fine margins when you play in the Champions League, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right 
in terms of the experience and, and how we hope that benefits us next season and obviously the players we want to get back to that stage the manager already, manager's already spoken about almost having to start preparing now maybe looking at the Jan January transfer market in terms of bringing in players to bed them in so they're ready because we have to qualify which is such a disadvantage but there's no doubt, I mean, we've seen it in previous Celtic teams where they maybe get a wee bit of, for example, they maybe get some Europa League experience and then they can take that on. So you, you, you would like to think if we can have the, the that team and maybe strengthen it for next season, then we might progress beyond the group stages. And there's no doubt, you know, we got the top seed in every one of, you know, pot A, B, C, uh, and we were the top seeds in the, in the fourth pot. So it was... It was the hardest, it wasn't just in paper, it was the hardest group you could have possibly got. And you look at some of the other groups and you think, well, a wee bit of luck, we might have, have, you know, still been in Europe after Christmas. But it's a it's a great learning experience and I'm, I'm sure we will see the, the benefits of that in the long term. And, of course, we go into the game on Tuesday. Obviously, nothing tangible to play for in terms of qualification to the Europa League or the, the last 16 of the, the Champions League. But it's still a, a massive match. You know, there's a lot of Celtic fans heading down for the game. We're playing against uh, a team from the English Premier League, and the players will want to go down there and, and sh you know prove that they belong at this level. Eric uh, sort of talked about that. He said um, that he's looking forward to the the opportunity to play against players of that caliber, and I kind of said, you know, with Manchester City's qualification secured, uh, strong focus on the their place in the Premier League as well. Do you think there's a chance that they'll maybe? You know, refresh the squad for the match, uh, give some younger players a chance to experience the Champions League, and almost kind of autopilot. Auto Eric was kind of saying, "I mean, that that would be great if it offered us a better chance." But then he, you know, realised the stunning performance the Celtic put in against um, Manchester City's best starting eleven at Celtic Park. Um, so there's no kind of fear there for him. Um, and that's the kind of test that he wants as well. You know, you want to be playing against the elite players in the elite competition as as a way to learn. Yeah, and I, I think um, if you finish with a flourish as well, it just sets you up for next season. If we go down to Manchester, get a positive result or a positive performance first and foremost, then you know you can when you get into Europe, the qualification stages in the summer, you know you can reflect back on that and you know with go forward with confidence as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, I think he's, as you said, he's such an impressive young player. I think there's a real solid partnership building with Jose Simonovic, and you know, it's going to be a big test. I think Manchester City it will be interesting to see what team they play. They they're through, but I think, you know, they they went on a bit of a dip in form after the game here. Um, I think they went about five or six games without winning, and and I think Pep Guardiola even referred to the fact it was after Glasgow that I don't know what knocked them off. Mm -hmm. I think it was us we knocked them off our stride, and you know I think it'd be great certainly for the team and the fans if we can get down there and and get a positive result. There's an, a nice wee element in it for Svechenko as well in that I think when he joined Celtic, uh, his former team FC Midland were in the Europa League and they were just about to go and play Manchester United. So at that time, it was almost as if like the big game had kind of been taken from him. And he said, I've come to Celtic because to I'll play. I know I'll play in big games like that for Celtic. And uh, the patience has kind of paid off for him now because he is heading down to Manchester with the hoops. And, you know, with a trophy already in the bag and, as you say, looking to um, finish with a flourish, 
there's reasons to be confident for Celtic. You know, it'll be in a hard, hard place to get a result, um, especially under Pep Guardiola. Um, but take confidence from the result at home. Well, Paul, it could be the game where he does get that first goal, f- <laughs> first become the first goal scorer in the match for Celtic. I know you've been talking about it every week, so this could be it. This could be the moment. Listen, it's only a matter of time. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, another player who, of course, enjoyed some wonderful European nights at Celtic was uh, Stylian Petrov. Martin, and I know you've been work at, you were worked on a feature that's in this week's view as well on the Bulgarian. Yeah, it's um, it's always brilliant to to hear from Stan, and I actually saw him um, on Wednesday night at the Barcelona match. So th- this week we've got uh, an extended piece with him, but it's a story that's been told before, but it's one that's worth repeating. It's uh, about his start to life at Celtic, and you know, there's the kind of um, the light-hearted sort of elements about him working in a burger van to to try and improve his English, but what he really does is discuss his drive as a professional, um, and with the perspective of time now, looking back, and he kind of says things like he doesn't understand players who'll come to a foreign club and not learn the language, because he says that was crucial to getting him a starting place and because he, there was guys like Paul Lambert and Neil Lennon, these massive characters who kind of controlled the dressing room, if you will, and if you just sat in the corner quietly and didn't speak English, then you weren't going to get a sniff. So even though they were bamming him up about working in a burger van and everything like that, that's that was his in, and that's what eventually led to him being sort of welcomed by the squad. So it's a good read, it's, uh, and it's quite in-depth, as I say, as well. Yeah, I'll we'll look forward to, to read that, Martin. I've not had a chance yet, but it's, as you say, Stan's always fascinating to speak to. And he was another player that really emerged from his shell when Martin O'Neill came in, a bit similar to how Brendan Rodgers has transformed some of the careers of some of the current Celtic players, and it just shows you the impact uh, a manager of real stature uh, that c- can have when he comes into a club. Absolutely, you know, I mean, I think he was he was a really young man when he, when he arrived at Celtic Park, and, you know, I think by his own admission he struggled a bit, but, you know, Martin came in, he did, he just transformed the whole club, and you're absolutely right to make that comparison, because, I mean, it's like night and day from, from last season, and just even the feeling among fans, you know, when you speak to members of family that are going to the games every week, there's just the difference of just going to even just league games and coming away thinking you, you really enjoyed watching like 90 minutes of football and, and that's down to the, the manager and, and what he's trying to do with the, the team. Well, uh, moving on from a, a Celtic, a great Celtic servant, still in Petrov, to one of the club's legends of the game, Kenny Dalglish. Now, uh, he's someone else that's uh, going to be featured in the Celtic view coming up and uh, because there's a new book about Kenny uh, by the writer Stephen Murray, and Paul, I understand you spoke to, to Stephen recently uh, about about his new publication. Yeah, he popped into the office um, to do a wee segment, the wee segment for the podcast, Celtic, Celtic, that's the team for me. But he also spoke about his book for a feature for the view, and people might know the names. Um, he wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago, Ten Men Won the League, which was a, a great book about that amazing triumph in that whole season, and he has got an incredible memory of Celtic in the 70s and 80s and he wanted to write a book about, because whenever you see anything about Kenny Dalglish, his bugbear was always, you know, people concentrate on his, his Liverpool time, rightly so for all the triumphs, but he spent 10 years with Celtic and, and was a, a top class player and obviously for people of a certain generation, which would be my generation, it was it was devastating when, when Kenny left for Liverpool, so it's a fascinating book and 
you know, Stephen also, as I say, he has answered these these questions on and what it's like to be uh, a Celtic fan and his, his favourite Celtic memories. Okay, well, it uh, sounds really interesting, Paul, and we're going to hear a clip from your interview with Stephen now. Hello and welcome to this section of the Celtic View podcast, Celtic, Celtic, that's the team for me. I'm delighted to be joined by Stephen Murray, author of the book Ten Men Won the League and a new book that's just come out, Kenny of the Celtic. Stephen, thanks for joining us in the Celtic View podcast. It's a pleasure, Paul. First question as always to all my guests, what was your, or what is your earliest Celtic memory? Probably the earliest Celtic memory that I have uh, is the Inter Milan semi-final in 1972. Um, Celtic uh, lost in penalties. I think everybody knows that Dixie Dean's sadly missed a penalty that, that could have got us to another European Cup final. And I actually, I was in primary school at the time, and I remember some of the older boys boasting that their dads had agreed to take them to the final. I think, if I recall rightly, it was in Rotterdam. And that there were sort of guys that had paid deposits, you know, to try and get um, early flights and stuff like that. And um, there was a lot of excitement, especially when they drew nothing each in Italy. And we got them back to, to Parkhead, but uh, it wasn't AB, sadly. And that, that was around about the time that my dad started taking me in the first game that I went to that, that I can recall. Uh, being it in person was a uh, Hearts uh, in 72 when Hearts had a, an Ajax style strip, dead distinctive. That's right. They yeah. only wore it for maybe like a season or so. And uh, I just remember the, the, the vividness of the, the, the colour, the, the, the green of the grass, the brightness of the floodlights, the contrast between the strips, because in those days we had black and, black and white tellies. And to actually see something in all its glory and all its colour as a kid has always stuck with me. And a uh, love affair started for life at that point. And certainly, they probably started before that because my dad went to the games and used to bring me back wee rosettes and programmes and uh, be daft things, badges and stuff. But um, no, f- f- from then on in. Yeah. Now, I was going to ask you who your Celtic hero was growing up, and I think I might have been able to guess the answer from the, the subject of your, your new Celtic book. Would that be correct? Yes, yes and no because I, I was I never really had a favourite player as such. Yeah, I was very much more a team guy than the than the cult of one player. And the the, the three guys that I would mention in passing uh, in my lifetime was Jinky in the early days, and then you'd Kenny at his peak, and then Henrik many years after. The th- the three of them in terms of class, it's hard to separate them. But I think an all time favourite uh, for me would have been Danny McGrain because I think. Um, Danny stayed loyal to the club and, and, and became captain and was very much a, uh, a, a leader on the field. And, and I don't think people truly appreciate just what a good player Danny McGrain was at his peak. I think maybe because he was a fullback, there's a tendency to think that, you know, that the, you know, you can always find another fullback for somewhere, but, but Danny was at his best. Uh, actually ran, ran the show for right back, which is incredible to think. You know, you always think a midfield player controlling the game. Danny could do that for fullback. He's such he's such an influence in the team, uh, both in terms of defence and attack. He, he was a wonderful man. Because it's interesting, you know what you're saying there. I've, I've heard a few of his teammates saying that that it's it's very rare ever in football that the right back can dictate a game. And that again, as you say, that shows you mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. world class qualities that Danny had. Well, th- th- not only was Danny a good fullback, but but, but when he went forward, he, w- he was wonderful in the overlap, and uh, he also w- w- was a, a terrific passer. He ball. he's very underrated as a passer. A crosser as well, and of course the only flaw he had was he, you know, he get any great positions, but he could never quite finish. He always uh, seemed to hurry his shots and stuff like that. But that's that's a small criticism in terms of the, the big picture, because he, he was he was wonderful wonderful servant to Celtic. Now in terms of obviously those are your heroes when, that you were watching. If you had a chance to go back to any period in our history and, and see a player in his prime, who would it be and why? 
I'm, I'm tempted to say Jimmy McGrory, Patsy Gallagher, Charlie Tully, because you know the, 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 these guys are yeah, uh, legends that, that well before our time. But the, the guy I'm going to go for is um, uh, I started going early seventies, and, and he just left in seventy one. But even at an early stage, in, in early seventies, people were still talking about him. It was Bertie Old. I mean, my, my dad, my uncle were, were huge Bertie Old fans, and as I was growing up, and you, and you start learning about games and you hear stories about things. Then they used to, to love speaking about the European games because apparently Bertie was always Celtic's main man in the Europe. Murdoch and, and Old were, were, were the, the partners very much, but I think Bertie more so because he, he, had, he had a, a guile and a brain, a football brain that, 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 that the rest of them uh, responded to. You know, everybody knows that Jinky was a great player, Bobby Lennox was a great player, but uh, you know the, the, the fans of that time would tell you that Bertie was the, 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 the brains of the team. And I would love to have seen Bertie speak, I think it must have been something else. And you know, even when you meet him now, there's just something infectious about mm. speaking to Bertie Old, which is just incredible. Well, the, the, the Glasgow word we would use Gallus. That, 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 yeah. When they were describing him to me, you know, the, the word that used to spring to mind was he, he was Gallus on the park, and he, he was a he, he was ball accounts, he was quite a good looking guy when he was younger, and he was a, a snappy dresser, and you know, like, like uh, he had an image, you know, and, and everybody sort of um, looked up to Bertie as one of the elder guys in the team, uh, as one of the main men. Now, is it possible, you know, from the countless games that you've seen over the years, going back to those early seventies games, can you? Is there one game that you can pick out? I know it's such a difficult question. Well, I would say the four-two game, but I think that's been done to death in terms of the books. Probably too obvious a, a question, but I, I've got a, just just for my own um, personal memory, there was a game in nineteen eighty-one whereby uh, I burst my appendix and ended <laughs> up in hospital. And Do you so open the game? No, no, no. This was obviously just maybe around about the, just after, you know, about January, and Celtic were playing Rangers maybe about four weeks later, and uh, there was a, there was a big fight for the league that year. It was Celtic Rangers Aberdeen, but Celtic began to go on a roll, and uh, my mum was a bit hesitant because of that. And you didn't have keyholes up during the days. It was quite a bad scar, and and I think my mum was a bit frightened of me going to a big crowd and something maybe getting bumped or something happening. But my dad sort of put his foot down and, and I got to go and. It's the game Celtic beat Rangers 3-1, Nicholas scored twice and Roy Aitken. And uh, I always remember the vividly at the end, Rangers were attacking and Celtic broke up the part and Big Roy scored a marvellous goal. And it's a great feeling at the end when you get another goal, it gives you a two-goal cushion. And you know that's it, you know, that the, the, the game's over at that point. There's like 30 seconds left and you've got a two-goal lead. And just that whole uh, uh, feeling, that the atmosphere was terrific. Uh, that This was the days of the terraces and... People were standing, and, and and you know there was a loud, much more sign in those days. I think, and, and that, that was great, wonderful memory. And your mum must have been relieved when you came safely up the road as well. Everybody was happy. We were happy with one. <laughs> she was happy to see me in one piece. Now, finally, if if there was one player who you feel that's either been either underappreciated or even much maligned from either the present or the past that you you'd like to mount a defence of, who would it be? I forget given that one. I'd be thought, and I'm, I'm going to say a guy who. Uh, it might not, be, might not be too obvious but on the websites uh, and when people get in debates you know, I'll have a good debate about you know, older players and uh, people say that he, that some guys say he was good, some guys say he was bad but the, I often think Frank McGarvey's in a, a, a raw deal because he, he was a terrific player for Celtic and I think a lot of guys that, again have took him for granted and uh, the, 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 I think anybody who saw Frank play um, for a period and, and I, I, I was fortunate enough to see his, his whole career from beginning right through to end, he was a he was a tremendous player. He was so hard working and unselfish, and 
it's I always try and say to people that the Frank played alongside three players who were Scottish top scorers. And the first one was Nicholas, the second one was George McCluskey, and the third one was Brian McClare. You know, that's no a coincidence that they're playing alongside him. He's providing them in the main with the, the you know, he, he was happy for them to take the the, 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 the grab the headlines and, and he he done sort of a lot of the hard work uh, on the park, but it didn't go unnoticed at, at that time by the fans. But I think in later years people have maybe forgot what, what a, a great um team player Frank was in, 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 in that team which was a terrific outfit at the time, early nineteen eighties, mid nineteen eighties. You know, Frank was a big player for Celtic and uh, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves in later years. And also maybe probably his last touch as a Celtic player, that wonderful one and mm-hmm, goal in mm-hmm. the 85 Cup final as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great way to, I suppose, sign off your Celtic career. Yeah, and uh, not only did he create a lot of goals for other people, but he was a consistent player as well. He was 20, 25 goals a season, man. He, he was a good finisher as well. He just wasn't a, 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 a supply man. He, he could um, he could take the mantle of goal scorer in his own right. And uh, he scored a lot of goals, but I, I love them because uh, the other thing I would say about Frank, Frank McGarvey is, I remember going to a film night one night, the, the old Celtic film nights, and uh, I'm five foot six, and I'm normally very tall, and he wasn't much taller than me, and I, I was gobsmacked because on the, on the field, he used to take so much abuse for, for centre halves and, and, and defenders and stuff, and, and uh, he always got up and, and he had a great heart, and he had a wonderful. Uh, you know, enthusiasm for for playing McGarvey. He was never down. You know, he had a great fighting spirit. And I remember seeing him, but when I was at school as a schoolboy, and thinking, "Geez, you know, he, he was really slightly built and, and fairly small, and yet the, the punishment he took was tremendous." That's great. Thanks for your answers, Stephen. Thanks for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. And remember, Stephen's new book, Kenny of the Celtic, is now out in time for Christmas. And a good Christmas stocking filler, I would imagine, you'd say. Yeah, thanks for that poem. Much appreciated. And that, that tells the story of Kenny of Leith's 10 years with the hoops. So thanks again and join us next time for this section, Celtic Celtic. That's the team for me. Thanks very much again for listening to the Celtic View podcast. Now remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Celtic View or leave feedback about the pod on the SoundCloud page. Now we're going to play you out this week with commentary on Celtic TV of Celtic's three goals at Hampden as they made history and lifted their 100th major honour. The ball back inside on the halfway line to Scott Brown starts to move forward. Patrick Roberts comes in off that right touch line. It's Simonovic moves forward, a bit of space for the creation. Tries to nudge it through, goes for the return, manages to find Rogic in the box, the Australian takes a shot and it's in the back of the net 15 minutes gone and Tom Rogic with a goal, Celtic 1, Aberdeen 0 Fantastic finish, you know, brilliant for Simonovic, he gives the first one away but he doesn't give it up, he follows it and he plays a fantastic reverse ball with his left foot out to the right hand side then Rogic, as soon as he cuts inside I didn't see anything else apart from the net bulging I, I, I just had that feeling, the confidence in he had a shot about five minutes ago, it's over the bar. That was his rangefinder, and that was a fantastic finish. It really was. Forrest has drifted inside. He's got space. Starts to drive forward. Forrest. He can drive centre the box. It's a chance for Forrest. It's a goal! James Forrest, a wonderful piece of skill. He drifted in. He glanced past his man. It's 2 0 Celtic. Absolutely brilliant. Forrest turns, drives. Then when he picks up the ball, he just opens the legs. 1v1. And has a fantastic finish across the goals. Absolutely brilliant. What a goal. Brilliant. Brilliant. You have to say, Forrest, just that instinct to come inside and find the space mark, that was just absolutely fantastic. It was, it was. Then when he gets in the 1v1, the wee step over, Forrest, fantastic finish in the side net and no, absolutely no chance for the goalkeeper. Brilliant, really was. Well, we know he's got that in his locker, danced over the ball and fired it low and powerfully with his right foot. And again, the Aberdeen goalkeeper in full stretch, no chance.
Still Patrick Roberts, stays on his feet, gives it to Armstrong. Forrest comes in off that left touch line, Armstrong leaves it for Forrest. Goes off his man, now to Rogic inside right channel, Wooster gives it away, gives it to Forrest. Forrest gets down, it must be a penalty! Well, it's the easiest decision of the afternoon, Mark. It was 100%, as soon as it happened, you see James Forrest knew what he was doing. It was it was a good wee ball down the, down the side of the centre-back from uh, Big Tom, and he gets there, James James just gets his toe in front, and the, the defender doesn't see him coming. He's trying to clear it, and it's a 100% penalty. Oh, it's an absolute stonewaller. Well, Moussa Dembele, we've seen him score big spot kicks already this season, both in the league and also in the Champions League. He has the chance to put Celtic out of reach here at Hamden. Up against Joe Lewis, can the Frenchman make it 3-0, he steps forward, he sends him the wrong way! That is cool as a cucumber, Celtic 3, Aberdeen 0. Perfect, absolutely beautiful. 2-0 in a cup final when you've got a chance to take a penalty. You know, he, he just showed the real class that he's got for a young guy. He's only 20, he rolls it in like he's 35, you know, he's got all the experience in the world. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Celtic captain, another inspired performance. And Celtic lift the trophy for the 16th time in their history. Cheers for the manager. So Celtic, the League Cup winners of the 2016-17 season. Just can't get enough, and we certainly can't. The Celtic players celebrating fireworks over Hamden. And a good day for Celtic.